Welcome to the Ecobot Podcast, where we dive into what matters most for 21st century wetland scientists. Let's continue in our journey in respect to the convergence of technology and wetland science. I'm your host, Jeremy Shavy. On today's episode, we're discussing how to leverage drone technology for preliminary wetland field assessments. We have seen a marked evolution in drone technology in the last few years, and thus the applications and types of data that can be collected accurately by these drones. From the early years, where flying drones was just shy of flying a remote-controlled helicopter, to now being able to automate gridded flyover patterns controlled by satellites, drones are changing the way that we as scientists, regulators, and researchers are able to accurately collect and manage large amounts of geospatial data. It's also helping us to make better decisions around management, land use, and policy. So let's jump into the remote driver's seat and take off together. Today, we'll hear more about drones from Ryan Gay with the Whittenton Group, Bill Von Sickle with St. John's River Water Management District, Jeremiah Johnson with Esri, Caitlin Burke from GHA, and Marinus Boone from Paddle Delamore Partners. And we'll start with Esri's Jeremiah Johnson on his contributions to drone data collection and Esri mapping solutions. As a lot of you know, you know, you have garbage data collection in the field, you're not gonna have much use for it um, later on down the pipeline. And so one of the things that we're committed to doing is continuing to enable those in the field, automate their workflows, and just streamline a lot of these, these processes that um, industry experts are, are developing. And one of these ways that we're enabling users in the field is, is through our drone technology applications. And one of the things that uh, we've seen in the marketplace is th this growing use of uh, commercial off-the-shelf drones for uh, scientific work, uh, for engineering work. And one of the, the, the things about the, the drone industry is that there are, there are many different options. And one of the things, if you, you just start looking at the drone software ecosystem, is that maybe it can be a little scary seeing all of these applications. So you have different apps for, for planning flights, you have different apps for processing flights, and different apps for, for sharing these, these flights. And to some users who are just trying to get into you know, drone data collection, this can be a little bit scary. And so one of the things that um, Esri has done is tried to create a, a single workflow or a single solution that can kind of take care of these steps for you. And that solution is uh, SiteScan for ArcGIS. And with SiteScan, we kind of take care of the, the planning uh, with the iPad app, uh, the processing using a cloud ecosystem, and then a web front end to be able to view and share the data, and then a, a cloud infrastructure for dissemination of that data, whether it be in ArcGIS Online or, or ArcGIS Enterprise, depending on what you're, what you're using. Um, so these three main components, we have an iPad app uh, we're going to go into uh, in a bit, but this iPad app will connect directly into some of these very popular commercial off-the-shelf drones and enable you to plan flights, send the flight plan directly to the drone and have the drone execute that flight plan. Uh, once the drone lands, those images get transferred over to the iPad where you can then QC them, make sure everything looks good in the field. And then if you have an LTE connection, you can immediately begin, begin uploading those photos or you can just um, continue flying and, and upload photos later when you have internet or, or Wi-Fi. But once those photos are uploaded, uh, we have a cloud processing platform that uh, will then take those raw images and process them into 
um, ortho mosaics, point clouds, 3D meshes, these data products that you that you're um, used to getting from from some of these workflows, and all that's happening automatically in the cloud. You just get an email at the end whenever your your processing is ready, and then you can open it up in your browser where you can view the the 2D and 3D data, make some measurements and things like that before sharing it within the Esri ecosystem or outside of the Esri ecosystem through partnerships with Autodesk, for example. This is a flight planning app that completely leverages the Esri SDK. And what I mean by that is uh, any GIS layers, whether it be 2D or 3D, uh, you can actually bring into the flight planning application and plan your flights using that GIS data. So if you have overlays or uh, models, uh, engineering models even, you could bring those into the flight planning app and you can view that flight in three dimensions and ensure that you're, you're capturing the site appropriately. And this is uh, relatively drone agnostic, and we do that by kind of building up an abstraction layer within the application. So the user never has to worry about what drone they're flying, what sensor or camera they're flying. All they need to worry about is the region of interest that they're trying to map, and the software on the back end will uh, see what drone is connected and adjust the flight plans to appropriately fit that drone and, and sensor. If you're offline, you can take advantage of a quick maps function, which means you can go and fly a very simple um, high overview flight, um, just take a few pictures, even just 100 or 200 photos can cover many acres at 400 feet. And you can stitch those on the iPad and create a rough low res ortho mosaic right there on the iPad without having to leverage the cloud at all. And then you can use that ortho mosaic as an additional layer to, to plan more specific flights of the area. And this is really, really important in areas that might not have a great base map coverage. A lot of our international customers like this when you're off in Papua New Guinea, for example, and the, the satellite resolution just isn't as good, you can go out and create a quick map completely offline to process or to fly and plan the rest of your, your data. Once everything's flown, you, the data gets uploaded. Um, it goes into the SiteScan cloud. And what we do is then we instantiate a processing server just for those group of images that you have uploaded. And so there's no queuing system. And what this also means is that if you flew two, three, five, ten flights, they'll all process at the same time. Um, so there's no, no queuing system there. But uh, we instantiate a server just for that data, and you get an email when the data is processed. Um, you can also take measurements both in 2D and 3D, find the heights of things, width of things. And if you fly a site more than once, you can do change detection between the two dates. And you have like a little swipe tool that you can use to see um, the difference between dates. You can also see volume differences between two dates, so analyzing the 3D differences between uh, two different flights. Um, this data is instantly shared across the organization because it's all up in the cloud already. Um, and so everybody in the organization uh, who has access to this project can then see it. This is really powerful when you have this distributed workforce that we're seeing lately where you have uh, a lot of employees, a lot of uh, stakeholders that are you know, working from home. Everybody's kind of using the cloud and um, you're able to immediately see this data um, that way. You can immediately publish this data into ArcGIS Online or, or Enterprise, depending on your configuration. So just to, to wrap up, we know that drones have established themselves in the toolbox as being the, the tool for on-demand, high-resolution, accurate imagery. This is not a research and development activity anymore. We know that drones and drone workflows are here to stay and, and can benefit the, the general user. And SiteScan for ArcGIS here is a solution that just automates that pipeline. And we're trying to make that as easy as possible to, to both collect the data, process the data, and share the data without necessarily having to get into the weeds with um, a lot of these data collection um, processes that happen on the back end. Great. Thank you, Jeremiah. 
So I'm just going to take a couple couple minutes here, just blitz through this. For those of you who are not familiar with Ecobot, Ecobot is for the boots on the ground side. So after Jeremiah has done his flyover for that that wetlands project, we can uh, now send our team out in the field and actually collect the uh, the data that we need to look for our three criteria for the Army Corps of Engineers delineation process. So the main thing with Ecobot is just that it is hyper efficient and works offline, is very specific to the user and to your organization. And the benefits that we're hearing from most of our customers is that they're increasing their uh, volume of work and also they're winning more bids because they can be more aggressive with their, their cost estimates. It, uh, it's an app that goes onto your, your phone or your tablet, iOS-based, works for Teams. You can share devices and uh, pass data across from one project to the next if need be. Hyper-efficient and uh, pretty excited about the new mapping functionalities that we started building in this previous spring. And so some of the projects or the case studies that we're going to see today, you're going to be able to see where the drones in sync with boots on the ground uh, really comes in handy for helping to determine where the edges of wetlands are or for the monitoring of wetlands. So with that said, let's jump into our case studies. So this is where we can really specifically see where the utilization of drones for observations, for mapping, uh, model building, and then of course to help inform boots on the ground uh, all really come hand in hand and are creating massive levels of efficiency for all of us in the wetland sciences. So introducing Bill Von Sickle with the uh, St. John's River Water Management District. And uh, Bill, I'm gonna let you take it away. Hi guys, uh, good afternoon. My name's uh, Bill Van Sickle. I'm a professional geographer at the St. John's River Water Management District. Uh, we we are responsible for a big chunk of the state. That's basically all the watershed that drains into the St. John's River and the um, Ocklawaha River and then all the coastal estuaries from the Space Center up to Jacksonville. Uh, we're responsible for water quality, water quantity, habitat protection, and flood control. And today I want to talk about our drone program, our UAV program, including why and how we use this technology to map wetland resources. And I'll discuss some considerations about hardware, software, and processing drone data. And this is uh, Sunny Hill Restoration Area. It's about 1,500 acres. I provided this uh, to the invasive plant management specialist, and she identified polygons indicating different uh, non-natives that she was targeting. And she was able to give that information as polygons to the helicopter pilot who was able to use the different tanks on his rig to spray just the areas that we were trying to control with just the, the, the narrowest uh, herbicide that we could, we could uh, manage so that we minimized collateral damage and you know, didn't, didn't, put, didn't put the restoration back by knocking out the good guys. And so that kind of gets me into this issue. That, that work that she did took three days of her time. And I would really love for us to get to where we could uh, identify species and communities more effectively, more automatically using some combination of, of spectral signatures, possibly hyperspectral imaging, and definitely some AI in order to, uh, to create libraries and share them with each other 
So the problem is that plants end up being more like other plants than we would like them to be in order to discern one from the other automatically. And they become more unlike themselves because other plants of the same species are going to look differently depending on water, soil, nutrient availability, et cetera. There's a project where they were building a, intentionally building a metadata library where they looked at all the different species they were trying to, trying to um, uh, detect. They all have very similar signatures. It might be difficult for you and I to discern them, but if you can get enough samples of those signatures at different seasonal conditions, and if you can document it in such a way that, that you're adding your operational intelligence to it, and then share it with others who are doing the same thing. You could see how we could really kind of crowdsource our way through a, an automated classification. I think that's where we're we're kind of called to to move toward as a as an industry. So we want to think about: Is it better to have a drone program in house versus contracted out? Fixed wing versus rotor? Desktop versus cloud? Visible versus multi or hyperspectral imagery? So contracting it out. Just to give you the short answer, I would say if you're just getting started, contract it out. There's already a bunch of folks out there in that in that industry. They've already learned the hard way what they need to learn. They've already bought this hardware and software they needed. Once you get to, to find that you're using them very frequently, then you might think about kind of transitioning over to an in-house operation. I would definitely recommend road over fixed wing for anybody who's just getting started. It's about a, an order of magnitude less expensive. It's easier to fly. You can land on, on the box that you brought it in, and I have done that. Uh, <laughs> you can land it on the hood of the truck. You can land it on the airboat of the Marshmaster. Fixed wing, unless you can land on the water, you might be out of luck because uh, the le levees and the wind directions don't ever line up the way you want them to. So. Uh, we would like to go to an amphibious fixed wing unit at, at a future point, but right now we're going to stick with rotor and uh, vertical takeoff and landing. Uh, desktop or cloud, I would recommend if you're just starting out, start out with the software as a service. It's easier to use. It's more flexible. You have ongoing, but you know, the downside is you got, uh, you got ongoing annual costs and then buying the software means you're going to have to learn it. You're going to have to update it. You're going to have to get computing hardware and storage space. RGB is is a thing that your your our brains are really good at recognizing red, green, and blue. It's easily viewable. It's most of what you do. You can kind of wrap your head around it in in optical, multispectral. Eh, takes more, you know, more space, more processing time. Uh, hyperspectral. Go ahead and you know add a zero to it in terms of how much more another order of magnitude of effort. But I would definitely include that on your on your development path. And just to kind of give you an idea of what we've got, our basic UAV is a Phantom 4 Pro. The Inspire 1 has also been doing great service for us. Uh, we've been using a thermal sensor, but, but not with wonderful results. Uh, uh, we've been experimenting with a five band sensor. That's definitely got our feet wet in the, uh, the multi-spectral zone. And it's been helpful to learn, but but it's, we've also learned the limitations without having the signatures. Uh, it's really still tough to discern one sedge from another. Uh, we, we started out with both Drone Deploy and Pix4D Mapper. Drone Deploy is really handy, really easy. I can actually uh, upload the data from a public library near uh, using their inter internet connection near the project area. And by the time I get back to my office, uh, there's something waiting in my inbox. Uh, Pix4D Mapper, much more difficult to learn. It's been a big challenge, but 
in our third year of operation, we dropped drone deploy and we've been sticking to PIX4D Mapper because there's so much more we can do with it. Plus we added PIX4D React, which you can do on your laptop, also in the field. And you can give your client uh, PDF you know, uh, within an hour of the, of the flight. So that's much handier for emergency response uh, when we need to, you know, document a flood or, or, or that sort of thing, uh, damage to the levee, et cetera. And if my dream craft someday in the future, we'll have something that, that can uh, just land on the water or we can uh, pop a chute and uh, dig it out. And, uh, but it has other challenges. There's going to be more data to deal with, and uh, we have to deal with the line of sight issue. Um, we're working with a company that's actually developing the ability of the, pl of the drone to recognize other planes in the air and let you know about it. And that's probably where we're going to, where we're going to have to go if we want to get larger than a couple of square miles on a, in a project. So that's it. Thank you, uh, Bill. That was a great presentation. and. Uh... I look forward to hearing more and, and hope you get into that fixed swings as soon as you can. Uh, now I'd like to introduce Ryan, who will be discussing vegetation density surveys with drones. Ryan, take it away. Hey, thanks. Uh, my name is Ryan Gay. I'm with Winton Group. We're an environmental consulting firm out of San Marcos, Texas. Uh, we service most of Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana. We pretty much go wherever we need, need to get. Um, the majority of our work is in oil and gas. We do a lot of state and local government, uh, some renewable energy projects, and we do uh, some wildlife management and stuff for private landowners. I've been with Whitney Group for a little over three years now. I'm a wetland professional in training. And I've been doing wetland delineations for about five or six years. I'm resident GIS manager and also a Part 107 licensed drone pilot. Uh, we were looking for ways to incorporate drone imagery into our current workflow to, you know, have better basis for better data and a better product for our clients. And in this particular case study, I'll be talking about <laughs> capturing pre-construction conditions uh, of a proposed pipeline right away. And the uh, equipment they were using, we just have a stock Phantom 4 Pro uh, with the Trimble Geo7X for our, our ground data and side scan. We use for pre-flight planning and PIX4D for drone prior for the imagery processing on the back end. So kind of a little bit of an overview of the project. <laughs> this is a 32-mile proposed pipeline near Corpus Christi, Texas. The purpose of the drone uh, imagery was to establish baseline data uh, from existing vegetative density and aerial cover of wetland crossings that would be temporarily impacted by construction activities from the pipeline. Now, I didn't fly the entire 32-mile corridor. That would take days and months, but uh, we just focused on just the, the, the uh, wetland crossings itself. Um, again, as I mentioned, we have a Phantom 4 Pro accessories, Trimble Geo7X, PIX40 Mapper, and the Skype Scan for planning. So for this project, authorization was received from the Army Corps of Engineers under Nationwide Permit 12. Um, a condition of the permit required a vegetation survey to be complete 30 days prior to construction. Uh, data <clears throat> we use as a baseline to determine goals for revegetation after construction is complete. The survey method was a combination of drone imagery and a pedestrian survey along with plotted, uh, along plotted 100 foot transects. So we kind of plotted 100 foot transects periodically before or prior to the, uh, the survey. Uh, multiple transects were traversed in each of the wetland areas. Drone imagery was collected for each of the crossings to document pre-construction conditions. Now, the purpose for this project for the drone imagery was just to collect 
imagery based on you know what the pre-construction conditions it wasn't utilized in the calculation of vegetation density but that's kind of something we were wanting to get to in the future and i'll get to that in a minute but what was really interesting about this project was the initial wetland delineation took place about six or seven months prior to our vegetation our density study and once we got there for the density study we realized that construction had began on an adjacent pipeline that shared the majority of the right-of-way space. So a lot of the wetland we had delineated prior to that vegetation study um, was had been mechanically cleared by this, that, by this adjacent project, which presented some interesting challenges for <laughs> what we were trying to do. So this is kind of a break. We use SiteScan, or I use SiteScan for our uh, survey planning, kind of a basic overview of what, what I did. Uh, 200, we, I surveyed 200 foot, uh, 80 foot or 80% overlap, 70% side lap with the gimbal angle of zero pointed straight down. The nice thing about uh, side scan is I was able to bring in RGS or RGS online layers and utilize that pipeline survey area as a guide for planning my uh, drone survey. So I just got to jump in a little bit to what we've got here. So a lot of that is emerging wetland and a water body that we encountered. And I collected all this drone imagery, came back, processed it in PIX4D. And the really cool thing was whenever we overlaid our <coughs> wetland delineation data, it lined up almost perfectly um, with the drone data that I collected for this vegetation survey. And <coughs> now, mind you, this is stock. This is not, I didn't use any ground control points or anything because the, the purpose was not accuracy. It was just, you know, we need to collect conditions prior to construction. So this is really interesting. All of that disturbed area at one point when we did our wetland delineation was all emergent wetland. Now it's not, or when we did our vegetation survey, it was not. And while we were out there doing our vegetation survey, we used our tremble unit to collect the disturbed areas or the boundaries of the disturbed areas. And data that we collected with our tremble unit lined up almost perfectly with the drone imagery that we collected with the Phantom 4 Pro. So in collecting this drone imagery, just to kind of give you an idea of the resolution that we were able to capture with the 200 foot elevation, I think it was right at one, I want to say one, one and a half, yeah, pixels per inch. So after the fact, this data, this imagery became value, very invaluable for the client because, you know, it was able to capture all of this area that had been disturbed uh, from another pipeline. So future. What's it, what are we looking to do in the future? Well, we want to incorporate multispectral. We want to incorporate multispectral imagery to collect the vegetation health density data. The survey process will not only eliminate the need for transected ground survey, but will provide a faster and efficient way to track vegetation recovery, growth, and health during the monitoring process. So if you have a project where the Corps of Engineers is wanting to do a five-year monitoring process after a construction project has been complete, then you know this multispectral data will become invaluable for that type of project. All right. Well, thank you, Ryan. Caitlin is going to be speaking next, and uh, so we'll transition up to Chicagoland. So, Caitlin, you want to go ahead and come in? Yep, I am all set. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks to Ecobot for having me present today. I'm just going to do a, a quick case study on how I use drones to kind of supplement my wetland delineations in the field. So I work for a company called Gaywald Hamilton Associates. We are up in Vernon Hills, Illinois. 
I'm a certified wetland specialist and a drone pilot. And so I've been trying to figure out how to use drones to help me in my wetland delineations. We use them for other things at the at the office, but I figured why not take them out in the field on a wetland delineation. So um, GHA, we're a civil engineering and consulting firm, um, primarily serving uh, public and some private clients. And as I mentioned, I'm an environmental consultant, wetland specialist and drone pilot. And I'm also gonna talk a little bit about how I use EcoBot to collect data in the field during wetland delineations as well. Um, I can kind of talk about what the project is. So it's a site up in Volo, which is in Lake County, Illinois, and it's a farm field. And so it's primarily, there were a bunch of farmed wetlands on the site and a couple of, you know, norm, normal wetlands. So it was a large enough site that I thought it would make sense to try out the drone ahead of time. So I flew the drone around the site just to kind of get an idea of where wetlands might be before I just wandered out into the site in search of them. So I flew the site, um, took a bunch of pictures. You know, the imagery is so clear that you can see where the, the wet areas are. And not only that, you can, all, you can tell like what kind of vegetation is in these wetlands. So I used that ahead of time and then I went out and I did my normal wetland delineation after the fact. And I believe we had a number of farmed wetlands and a number of, of regular wetlands on site. So I ended up using EcoBot then to collect all my data points and boundaries, which I have on a, an exhibit coming up. The aerial that I've used in my GIS exhibit is nowhere near as clear as the imagery gathered from the, the drone. So that did save me some time when I did ultimately trek out there and delineate these boundaries. I was just about to mention, I'm not using any software at the moment to do like a patchwork of aerial imagery, but that would be my goal. So this, this webinar has been really useful for me too, to hear about some of the software that everybody is using. So we have looked into, you know, site scan. Um, I think we've looked at drone deploy and drone to map and I fly the Phantom Pro 4, which was what Ryan mentioned as well. So um, at this point, we're trying to figure out what software will work best for our needs. But for the time being, it's been really great, you know, just to get either promotional marketing materials or to kind of supplement our wetland delineation fieldwork and reports with this drone imagery. You know, to have, to have the most current aerial imagery possible, um, it does give you a good understanding of the site hydrology to be able to look at it from above. So that can be helpful when you're trying to make a, a jurisdictional determination and then quickly locate wetlands on 90 plus acre sites. So that's it. Great, thank you. Yeah, that's the same drone that we're using down in the uh, cloud forest for some of the conservation projects we're working on in Guatemala. Thank you for listening to the Ecobot podcast. In the next episode, we'll hear more from our panel as they answer questions on drone technology. If you like what you heard, take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to learn more about how Ecobot is helping transform the industry and to see what we can do to help your company, you can find us at www.ecobotapp.com. I'm Jeremy Shavey. And I'll see you next time 
on the Ecobot podcast.